0: to that that was beautiful Amen. well a man bought his wife uh, this just this beautiful diamond ring for christmas and after hearing about the extravagant gift a friend said to the man he said i thought your wife wanted one of those brand new sporty you know four-wheel drive vehicles and the man said she did but where was i going to find a fake jeep think about it, you'll catch on, you'll catch on. Man, it's going to be a slow night, I can tell that. Jeff thinks he won the... Just just refer back to the joke this morning, all right? Well, since it is Christmas, we need to be in a forgiving spirit, don't we? And... I guess there's much to forgive, but um, I think it is appropriate uh, on Christmas Eve to talk about the perfect gift, so that's what I'd like to talk about for a few minutes. Lord, I do thank you for Christmas and all that it means. I thank you for each person that was able to make it here this evening. I believe you brought them, and Lord, it is wonderful to be able to sing those Christmas songs, but now, Lord, I pray that we turn our heart to your word It's a simple word, yet a powerful word, Lord. And I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. That you will give us soft hearts to receive. You will give us ears to hear. And you will fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. That I truly would speak your words and not my own words. So I just ask now, Holy Spirit, exalt Jesus. Exalt Jesus. Let Jesus just become real, I ask, in these next several minutes. And I just uh, thank you in advance for what you're going to accomplish now, and I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. love that video. It actually went viral. i got to thank the, the Johns family for sending that to me. But uh, it kind of just gives you a proper perspective on Christmas, doesn't it, when you see something like that? Well, several years ago in this great city of St. Louis, Missouri, someone stole the baby Jesus from the manger in the nativity scene that was just outside City Hall. The next morning, a, news, a television newscaster kind of somberly made this announcement. Someone has stolen Jesus. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Last night, someone went to the manger scene at City Hall and stole the baby Jesus. This morning, Jesus is missing. If any of you out there have any information about where Jesus might be found, please contact this station immediately. We are anxious to recover Jesus and put him back where he belongs. I was thinking, you know, that's exactly what Christmas is about, putting Jesus back where he belongs. Let me tell you, Jesus does not really belong in the manger. We would like to put him in the manger. We like to keep him in the manger. It's kind of cute. As long as he stays in the manger, I'm the credenza. But see, that's really to miss the whole point of Christmas. Christmas is about Jesus being on the throne of our lives, the throne of our hearts. And since it is Christmas Eve though, I, you know, don't want to be a spoil sport here. And let's talk about gifts because that's what Christmas is about, right? Yeah, all right. Well, a couple of you are catching on to this. You know, several Sundays ago, I quoted to you Acts chapter twenty and verse thirty-five, and that's where Jesus makes uh, his great statement. He's actually quoted in Acts twenty thirty-five, and Jesus says this: "It is more blessed to it is more blessed to than to receive." Do you believe that? Do we really believe that? You know, and truly, we are more blessed when we give than when we receive. Do you know why that is? Do you know that God who designed you and God who designed me, he designed us to give. And when you give, something happens. You know, the people who are the most depressed, the people who are the most discouraged, and sadly, Christmas time is when a lot of people are sad and depressed because, you see, the focus is on them. And it's amazing, we were designed to give. And when you begin to give, when you begin to give, all of a sudden you begin to experience joy. We were designed to do and that's why every Christmas Eve when I'm here, one of my favorite things to do is to give. And I happen to have a twenty dollar bill here. Who would like the twenty dollar bill? Right there? I saw that hand right there. You come on up, come on up. You gotta be quick here. He's fast. That's a real $20 bill, isn't it? So, no, 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 no. Hey, you got to earn this thing. This isn't, I'm not like Jesus. This isn't a gift. No, I'm just kidding. So, what's your name? Joseph. 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 How appropriate. And, Joseph, just, just a quick question. What are you planning on doing with that $20? I can hear the whispering give it to your brothers and sisters, right? Not going to happen. All right, God bless you. Not going to happen. But you know, and it was really my $20 bill this year. The elders wouldn't even give me a $20 bill to give away. So, so keep those cards, letters, and money coming. Okay. But now as Christmas approaches, you know what the really big question most of the time is for most of us? What am I going to get for so-and-so, Right? What am I going to get, you know, what what, what perfect gift am I going to get for that special someone in my life? Well, I was reading this week an article, and it kind of jumped out at me. It was entitled, How to Choose the Perfect Gift. How to Choose the Perfect Gift. Now, it's probably a little late. It's Christmas Eve. Sorry about that, but you still might be interested in this. The the writer of the article said this. We look at gift-giving the wrong way. We tend to look at gift-giving in terms of, What does the person want or what do they need? Wrong questions, according to the writer of the article. Instead, what you and I need to do, according to this writer, is think of a gift as communication. So in other words, think about that someone special now. All right, you got that someone special in your mind. And before you get that someone special gift, ask yourself two questions. Here they are. Number one, what do I want to say to the person and number two, what can I give them that will communicate this? So just a word of wisdom to men. I'm just speaking to the men now. You know, uh, you know if you, 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 you're planning to get something for your wife, don't get her a vacuum cleaner or, you know, an exercise bike. No matter what you might think you're communicating, trust me, her communication will be very clear and direct. You'll be on the couch, all right? Now, that was for free. Now, Christmas... Seriously, Christmas is about God giving us a gift. Do you know what that gift was? You know, if you don't know, remember, when I ask you a question, 98% of the time, just say Jesus. So you're probably going to be right. Just say Jesus. Actually, that's true. God gave himself. In fact, there's a very powerful verse. Maybe the most famous verse in all of the Bible is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only, his unique son, the second person of the Trinity. That whoever would believe in him, whoever would trust in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What a powerful, powerful verse if you truly grab on to that. You see, God's great Christmas gift to us was himself, eternal life. You see, if you grab hold of Jesus Christ... If you grab hold of the baby who grew up, became the God, man, died on the cross, taking your place and my place, he was our substitute. If you can somehow by faith latch on to that, then you will find eternal life. Because, you know, to have Jesus Christ is to have eternal life. Jesus Christ is eternal life. And I I was thinking about what God gave us. It says in the Bible that if you're a follower... We're supposed to imitate him. Did you know that? We're supposed to imitate Jesus. So what is the best Christmas gift you could get that special person? What is the best Christmas gift that you could give your spouse or your children? That was a question. Jesus. <laughs> no, no. Remember, you're supposed to imitate yourself. 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 Have you ever thought about that? That 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 you are, you know, to be that that special Christmas gift? Can you imagine Christmas morning? Your spouse and your children come bounding downstairs. They're full of excitement. They look under the tree, and there you are gift wrapped. And you jump out and you say, I'm your gift. Would there be excitement? I guess I'm getting my answer, aren't I? I'm your gift. Can you imagine saying to your spouse tomorrow, you know, honey, I didn't get you a gift because I am your gift. <laughs> my wife tells me every year when my birthday comes around and every year when Chris co- comes around, she says, honey, I, just remember, I am your gift. In fact, she tells me that every day, actually. <laughs> you know, we get a laugh out that, uh, of that. But, uh, you know, Seriously, are you a gift? You know, I'd ask, I I really had to think about that. Are you a gift to your spouse? Could they honestly say that? Are you a gift to your children? Are you a gift to that special someone? Are you a gift to your neighbor? How about your coworker? Would they call you a gift? Would they call me a gift? May I make a suggestion? The suggestion is this. The greatest gift no matter what they think, the greatest gift you could give your spouse, the greatest gift you could give your children, the greatest gift you could give your neighbor or coworker is a transformed you. No, no, a changed you, a transformed you, a transformed me. Just imagine with me for a moment on Christmas week, when we should be focusing on the greatest miracle of all. You know, it is an incredible thought to think that the God of the universe jumps into human skin, becomes the God-man. He reveals God when you see Jesus by the way you see God. Have you ever wondered what makes God angry? Just see what makes Jesus angry. Have you ever wondered what you know, makes God smile? Then just see what makes Jesus smile. Have you ever wondered what pleases God? Then just see what pleases God. I mean, that is really what Christmas is about. Jesus Christ revealing God. He said, if you've seen me, then you have seen the Father. So that's what Christmas week ought to be about. Now imagine just for a moment that the New York State Lottery, kind of honoring that, uh, you know, decides instead of giving a grand prize of $30 million, decides that they are going to this time give the character quality of perseverance. That's going to be the grand prize. The Character Quality of Perseverance. Now, of course, some people are confused and some people decide, you know, I'm just not going to play this week, you know, I'm not going to buy the numbers. But still, thousands of people play the New York State Lottery. They plunk down, you know, their money at the local stewards and whatnot and, and, and get their ticket. The big day finally comes and people are just glued to their radios and they're glued to their television stuff and the numbers come out. And you know the winner? The winner is a guy in Albany, New York. His name is Herman. And he's actually a clerk at one of the local Walmarts. And, uh, you know, he uh, instantaneously, as you can imagine, he becomes famous. And all of a sudden he's on the Tonight Show and he's on Good Morning America and he's on all of these various shows. But, you know, eventually his 15 minutes of the sun kind of runs its course. And everybody forgets about Herman and he goes back to being a clerk at the Walmart. Ten years later, though, A reporter remembers Herman, and he wonders, I wonder what happened to that guy, and, you know, his his gift of perseverance. I wonder what happened to him. And he tracks him down, and he finds him at a Walmart, still working uh, at a Walmart in Albany, New York. And he says to him, hey, Herman, how has that, you know, grand prize of the quality of perseverance, the character quality of perseverance worked out for you? And he says, well, you know, I have to admit, at first I was kind of just ticked off. I mean, for the one time I win the lottery, instead of winning $30 million, I get the character quality of perseverance. But that was then. I could never have guessed how perseverance would have changed my life. I am now the manager of Walmart here. That would have never happened 10 years ago. Anytime I got a job, I would get angry, I would get mad, and within six months, I would quit. But 10 years ago, I put perseverance to work. I rose up the ranks of Walmart, and now I am the manager of this entire store. Can you believe that? Imagine that. And then Herman goes on, and he goes, you know, I got my GED now. I dropped out of high school when I was a teenager, but then I put perseverance to work, and eight years ago, I got my GED. G-E-D, and I'm really proud of that. And I'm not attending a local college. And hopefully within a year, I'm going to have my degree in business management. Imagine that, me having a college degree in business management. 10 years ago, my marriage was on the rocks. You know, to be honest, my wife and I, we were actually separated. But then I put perseverance to work. And I want you to know that My marriage now is better than it ever has been. But you know what? The thing that has changed me the most is my relationship with God. Ten years ago, I was just ready to throw in the towel. I was done with God. God was always letting me down. But the truth is, you know, I wanted God on my own terms. And then I put perseverance to work. And I want you to know my relationship with God is deeper and stronger and better than ever. Herman hears his name over the intercom and he tells the reporter, you know, I got to go now. And as he's turning to go, Herman says to the reporter, you know, who would have thought that the character quality of perseverance, one character quality would change my entire life? My guess is maybe tonight you say, I need a change in my life. I need to make a change in my life. I want you to know that there is hope. Christmas is about hope. There is someone who can change your life. There is someone who can change my life. There is someone who can bring you love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and I want you to know that person is Jesus Christ. He can change you. Did you know that Jesus said in the book of Revelation, he says, I can make all things new. Rose Kennedy. Skip, can you put up her picture? Let me finish with this. Rose Kennedy, some of you might be familiar with her. Maybe some of you are not. But Rose Kennedy, of course, is the mother of the 35th President of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And one night, Rose Kennedy was at a fundraiser benefit for special needs children. And uh, as she was sitting there, she began to strike up a conversation with the man next to her. And At one point, she asked the man, are you born again? Are you a, one of those born-again Christians? And the man said, well, in fact, I am. And Rose Kennedy acknowledged and she said, you know, I'm born again too. And then she proceeded to tell her story. Listen to this. She spoke of her wonderful life, and she said, my life at first was fabulous. I had an absolutely wonderful marriage until the birth of our third child. Rosie was my third child, and she was born as a special needs young baby. And we were forced to place her in an institution, and Rose said that her husband blamed her for Rosie, and the two of them became more and more estranged, she said. And then she said they began to live separate lives. And she said, I plummeted into depression and anger and bitterness and alcohol and all kinds of medications. She became, she said, someone that no one absolutely wanted to be around. Then one day she lashed out at one of her housekeepers. And the woman gently replied back to her, Mrs. Kennedy, you'll never be happy until you make out of your heart a manger for Jesus to be born. Well, She continued as she always did that day. She began drinking early. She began popping pills and she finally fell asleep. But she said she woke up that night at three o'clock in the morning and she said she was weeping. She was weeping uncontrollably. She said, you know what? The funny thing is I never cry." But she said, I couldn't stop weeping. And she said, I felt the presence of the living God that night. I got out of bed with a clear mind and I knelt out on these Roman Catholic knees and I prayed, oh Lord, make out of my heart a manger for Jesus to be born. She went on to say, God did that and I invited Jesus Christ into my heart. Since that night, I have never been the same. And Rose Kennedy became one of the most liked persons on planet Earth because love began to pervade her stony heart. And Rose Kennedy, instead of focusing on herself, began focusing on others, especially challenged children. Children with needs. Skip, can you put up the picture? You know, you see a baby, you see Jesus. We look at a baby and he's cute. I want you to know, though, that baby grew up. That baby changed the world. Yes. He's going to give me double. Wow. Thank you. I'm a rich man. That's 40. But Jesus can give you even more than 40. Thank you. He was a baby. And babies are cute, but I want you to know, Jesus, that baby grew up, and he changed the world. He changed the world like no one else. He died on the cross. He didn't have to. Did you know that? He didn't have to. He chose to because he loved you and me so much. We didn't just need to be forgiven and cleansed. We needed someone to give us the power to change. Jesus can give you that power tonight, just as he did Rose Kennedy. I don't know what you're struggling with tonight. I bet your family members know. And if, like Rose, you get down on your knees and you cry out and say, Lord, I want you on the throne of my heart, and you invite him in, you will not only experience an incredible cleansing, but a power you never knew to change you. If he can change Rose Kennedy, he can change anyone here, including me and you. Lord, Christmas is absolutely an incredible time because it does speak of a hope that so many people don't know. So many people are hopeless. They think that there's no way out of the situation that they're in. And so often the situations that we find ourselves in are due to the fact that of our behaviors that we think cannot change. And I just ask Holy Spirit even now as we sing these last songs, you'll begin to move in our hearts and you'll breathe faith. You'll breathe hope within each one of us that things can be different. If we just surrender to that babe in the manger, who was the God-man, who did in fact change the world. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen.
1: Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website, at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our Statement of Faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. DELMAR. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making him known.